Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon, and I'm joined this week, as always, by Jake McGee and Dave Somerville. How are we doing today, guys? Ready to go. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. Jake, how are you doing? I'm always ready to go. Get up. We're one week closer to kick off. It's going to be the longest, uh, you know, what week? What have we got? Ten more days in July and... Uh, oh, it's just, it's pain. 50 days exactly until Bill's Ram, so it's not that long. Ooh, not bad at days. all. We've got two more divisions to do the deep dive on. Today we're going to be doing the NFC South, and then of course we uh, finish off with the NFC West. Dave just can't wait for that one, obviously. No comment. <laughs> and there'll then, be lots of comments. Uh, <laughs> there'll be a lot of comments. Of course there will. Uh, and then uh, we have preseason. Preseason is just around the corner. It is. That's amazing. I, I cannot wait. I'm so excited for preseason. I, I don't remember the last time I was this excited for preseason. I'm just like, oh my goodness. So oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be absolutely wonderful. Uh, 2022 is going to be the best season of football since 1989. And that was a good year. I'll take your word for it. Take my word for it. <laughs> take my word I, for it. Don't, yeah. To be honest, mate, I don't think either of us were uh, a thought then. So you, we're <laughs> going to have to take your word for it. Okay, well, uh, right. you know, just, just throwing it out there. Is there, a, is there a particular season? Now, obviously, I know, for you know, for example, for yourself, Jake, it would be like 2009, wouldn't it? And uh, for for you, uh, Dave, it would probably be, well, last year, I'm assuming. Last year. <laughs> <laughs> um, but is, is there a particular season that you guys sort of remember with fondness? No, not necessarily because your team one or you but is there any sort of year that the, the memory stick in your brain for me it would be the year the raiders and the bucks were in the super bowl i want to say 2002 2002 2003 yeah, yeah. That, that's what i was thinking um the, the the sole reason was because i was it was you know I could just I was still quite young I was just a couple of years getting into the league but I was mesmerised by Jerry Rice playing for the Raiders uh, and you know it it was towards the end of his career but at the same time the that Bucks defense was just immense and uh, both teams I I followed them all the way to the Super Bowl it was just incredible that 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 Bucks defense was immense I mean it's it's yeah. considered one of the best of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, big, you, big Warren Sapp, you know, oh, running yeah. the ball and just uh, Derek Brooks and, and John yeah. Lynch. It seemed like right across the board that defense was absolutely stacked from top to bottom. And they the, the are, they're regarded along with, you know, people say, you know, the 85 Bears and the 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 2000 Ravens and the 2002 mm-hmm. Bucks. They're always talked about as being one of the one of the best defenses of all time and when you look as you say you know Warren Sapp that guy was just he was monstrous wasn't he up front. yeah and he, he was different you know it, you've got that uh, if you compare compare it to the top players on a defensive line today that the, the top players are different they're standout Warren Sapp was a standout for like 100% sure there's just no kind of if buts or maybes about it um but you know he, he was uh he was a leader and he also came on the offense a couple of times as well. So um, big shout out, Warren Sapp, just leading the way on offense and defense quite often. I, I didn't know he played any offensive 
I think yeah, I think when <laughs> one or two one or two yard runs, or I think there was one once or twice where there was a couple trick plays where he came in at tight end, and then you know they they kind of uh, were showing showing that it was going to be a quarterback sneak, and then for some reason they threw to Warren Sapp <laughs> and he scored. So uh, yeah, I, I mean that that year for me was the standout because. Um, I think I think it was, was it Rick Gannon that was the quarterback for the Rich Raiders? Gannon. Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon. Yes. That's right. I'm I'm just thinking off the top of my head. It was Gannon that was a quarterback, yeah. and I thought, yeah, he's really good, but he why is he so slow? And this was like twelve year old me saying that eleven twelve year old me thinking did, did why Gannon, is he that slow? Did Gannon win MVP that year? I, I, I can tell you off the top of my head. I think he did. I've got uh, this. Sort of a memory in the back of my head that Rich Gannon won MVP in two thousand and two. I'll I'll need to to actually check that. I'll I'll need to check that <laughs> to see if Gannon actually won MVP. But um, yeah. So you thought he was slow even as a child. You're like, why is this guy so yeah, slow? I, I could I could see. You know, I'm thinking maybe that's why I have so much like despair for Jared Goff because he just can't move uh, when he's uh, like uh, rushed in the core in the in the pocket. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I, 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 that was my standout season anyway, because that was the, the season that I really followed it from start to finish and just mesmerized by those great players. Yeah. What about you, Jake? Any, any particular season sort of stands out to you at all? Probably have to go 2016, 2017, because after years of watching my team be blown away or screwed over in the playoffs, it was nice to watch the Falcons blow a 28 to three lead. And I stayed up and I watched and I, you know, I sat there you, in my bed because it was probably like 3, 4 a.m. And I was like, I should turn this off. It's 28 to 3. No one's coming back from this. I was like, nope, I'm going to stick this out. And oh, I'm glad I did. <laughs> the, the hatred for the Falcons runs deep with you, Jake, doesn't it? I of was, course. I was, oh, I was begging, begging them to take a knee. <laughs> it's like, just take a knee. The one time I've been on Team Tom Brady. Oh, I mean, do you know what? Right, we all remember that Super Bowl, and it was ridiculous. Seeing last year's NFC Championship game, where the Rams went mm-hmm. up by, what was it, 28 to 6? Where's this going? Well, the fact that <laughs> they then fumbled, and then threw an interception, and then fumbled, and then missed a field goal, and then fumbled. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you not just... <laughs> You know, kneeling think, down, just yeah. kneel, take a knee. Yeah. Like we spoke about this before and I, and I was just thinking, oh, come on, come on, come on. Why are you constantly letting, why do teams constantly give Tom Brady chance after chance after chance? You're thinking, if this was against any other team, you'd just be running it three times and punting. That's what you would be doing. Why are you trying to do all these things? It was it was unbelievable. I'm so glad when Stafford and Cup woke up in that final drive. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my goodness! Will you please just end this game? That game should have should have ended with a 15 point win for the Rams." Should have, you know, should have. Should have. However, absolutely, should have. However, Maybe the 20. NFL, the NFL is not a should. It's always a should have, and it's. You can never count out anything in the NFL. That's why we love it. The refs would have found a way to help the Rams anyway. Oh, just <laughs> sour, sour grapes. Uh, I, I don't think we should get into this too much, uh, particularly, you know, <laughs> because uh, of the Next way. week. 
<laughs> yeah, next week we can get into the Rams. Just you remember who this week you remember who this week is. I, I was going to be nice. I think that that's that that that's just that that plane is completely fly, flown off now. So, well, oh, how you treat word. the Saints this week could could reflect on how I treat the Rams next week. <laughs> oh wow, you guys, you're something else. I'll tell you. Right, um, do, before we do our deep dive into the NFC South and talk about Jake Saints for an hour. Um, was there any news? I know there was, but Jake, would you like to introduce uh, the news segment for us for this week? The, the what? The news segment? The news. Would you like to tell us? Oh, th- I thought you said the <laughs> news segment. I was like, it's a news segment? No, well, the, the, the news. The segment, which always is the news. And maybe I should get Tim to do a voiceover to see. I, we've just never called it a segment. We've, just I, I, this is true. This is true. We never have. You caught me off guard. <laughs> I was like panicking. Like, did I miss an email? Did I? No, you didn't. It's it's the news. It's time for the news with Jake McGee. Okay. Well, in that case, I've already mentioned it's 50 days till the Bills and the Rams suit up. Um, there's been quite a few teams with their rookies um, turning up to training camp, but the Raiders become the first team to open training camp fully with all players, veterans and rookies due at the facility today so it certainly feels more like the nfl um i'm hoping over the next few weeks we don't get a flurry of this person's done their acl this person's done their achilles so that's always what training camp feels like you, you get the excitement of everyone coming back and then the quick scurry of okay i can't put him in my fantasy team anymore or somehow players who you're really looking forward to seeing this year who always seem to be kind of snake bit. I'm thinking of like Derwin James. I'm always excited mm. to see Derwin James yeah. and just something always seems to go wrong. That's it's, it's terrible when that happens. I hate it. It's the it's one thing I don't like about uh, when training camp opens and I'm just it waiting. It's inevitable. I know. <laughs> You're literally waiting for breaking news. Insert player's name here has, has ruptured his... Uh, MCL and is out for the season. You're like, oh no! Like on week one of of training camp, you're like, no, don't, don't do that. If I, if I was a general manager, I'd be saying we're not training. We're just, we're just gonna, not risking it. We'll just start in preseason. That's how we'll do it. Um, it's 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 a terrible thing. That will certainly get uh, us some more news going forward. Now, those two other pieces of news that were both just fantastic for various reasons. Now. I'll start with... I, I know what yeah. one of them is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to save I, that one to the end because okay, it gives give okay. a nice segue, but yeah. I, it was uh, brought tears to my eyes of joy. <laughs> um, but the the other one was J.K. Dobbins calling out Rap Sheet or Ian Rappaport, um, who went on NFL TV and claimed that Dobbins is no sure thing for week one. And Dobbins came out firing, say, basically saying, I want to know who your sources are. That's his rehab is going well. And, he's, and I quote damn sure going to be ready for week one so it's always fun when you see players kind of clap back at you know the likes of Schefter and Rappaport who who tell players you know you're injured or you're not getting a contract bef- often before mm-hmm. they hear themselves yeah I certainly uh, I, mean, I I like Ian Rappaport I do uh, I generally trust when he tweets something out um, he's usually very quick to correct himself if he does get something wrong Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I do like that, but I'm with you. Sometimes the players are like, who have you been talking to? <laughs> it's like, you didn't speak to me. Did anyone ask me if I'm ready? I'll tell you if I'm ready or not. Um, so I, I, with regards to Adam Schefter, I 
I don't care. So I've given up on Adam Schefter. Yep. Well, Rappaport was a well, rap sheet as I call it. it was a good sport about. It. He went on to on the Pat McAfee show and they had a good laugh about it. But like I say, I, I do like when players are like. So who's this source then? Because uh, I can tell you otherwise. And um, what's the other piece of news, Jake? Oh, just a small piece of news of you know the old adage of you know how many uh, people does it take to to fix a light bulb? Well. Yes. How many weeks with the Atlanta Falcons does it take to retire from the NFL? And the answer would be two weeks. Uh, Eddie Goldman, the former Bear, who signed with the Falcons two weeks, has seen enough and decided, I'm good. Uh, I don't need this. <laughs> what? At what point does it take you two weeks? The only thing I can compare it to is <laughs> Nelson Mandela spent like 28 years in jail, didn't he? And then he came out and he was with Winnie for like six months and then got a divorce. Yeah, you know what? I'm getting a bit of a headache. Yeah. He's like, oh, he's like, no, I'm, I'm out. I just can't take this. You know, I, I can take the, the, the beatings and the, in jail. That's fine. But I, I can't be married to this woman. So let's think. Oh, he's my uh, word. He wasn't even that old, was he, Jake? It's like 28. Ooh, so, Nelson yeah. Mandela. He's... he's uh, yes, not yes, Nelson Mandela. Not Nelson Mandela. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is the Winnerfell show, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, was wondering, I didn't know where Dave was going with that. I was like, Nelson Mandela, 28 when he got out of jail? When did he go in? 10? <laughs> when, like, when he was one. He was an, he was an insurgent. He was an, early, an de- early developer. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh, sorry. Yes. Um, Eddie Goldman. <laughs> Eddie, yes. Yes, I believe believe he's twenty eight. I think maybe twenty nine, but he did seven full years in the the NFL. But he only played for six of them because he did opt out uh, with the COVID year. So mm, yes. six years in the NFL, signed with the Falcons, and decided I don't need to be aboard the singing ship. Sorry, did did, did he play last year? Last year. Yes, he played for the for the Bears last year. I think it was the the COVID year. Was it twenty twenty? Oh, sorry, of course. Yeah, twenty twenty. Um, but that that's a rough career for anyone going from the Bears to the Falcons. No wonder he retired. That that's heavy going. Uh, a couple of okay years on the Bears, you know, before he was solid. Before Matt Nagy. Yeah, he thing. was he was solid. Uh, the rest of the team, though, <laughs> you know, it's it's. I mean, I mean oh, that's it's, that's the Matt Nagy effect. Yeah, that I, was I, terrible. But my, my, all yeah. kidding aside here, right? I know Dave, you love to rag and Mitch, and me and Jake love to to, to big him up, right? Matt Nagy, some of the things he was doing, you're just sitting going, oh, this is ridiculous. No, no team can win with coaching like that. And and now, I'm not putting everything on Matt Nagy. I mean, the double doink that that wasn't his fault. <laughs> that just that wasn't. He wasn't kicking the ball. Um, yeah. But like the the in fact I think it was twenty twenty there was that one game against the Lions I believe it was and the Bears had I th- I forget what it was if it was second down or third down on their own five yard line against the Detroit Lions and there's forty seconds left on the clock and Matt Nagy calls a pass and Mitch Trubisky you can you can tell it watching on the television that Mitch Trubisky's dropping back and he's going, what am I doing? And, and <laughs> you know, the Detroit Lions pass rushers are running around the edge going, what is he doing? Why why are they throwing the ball? Hits Trubisky, he fumbles, Lions get the ball, win the game. And you, you, you think 
what coaching, what coach would do this? I, I've seen some weird coaching decisions in all the years I've been watching the NFL. And just the most bizarre things where you're thinking, why would anyone think that this is a good idea? When every person in the stadium and watching on television knows you shouldn't be doing that. And then they decide to do it. And it seemed to happen a lot with Matt Nagy. There was just some really suspect play calling. Um, and just, yeah, the Bears have not been good for a couple of, well, a few years now. They have not yeah. been good for a few years. Um, so I I think that, um, I think a lot of that's the Matt Nagy effect. I, I believe that. But I get where you're coming from, Dave. I think they, they, they can't really get much worse, though. Um, you, you know, well, maybe this year, maybe. But I think after this year, that they have to start improving. Um, and, you know, I think... You get some some weapons, some protection for just um, for field, mm-hmm. and just let him kick on a wee bit. You know, he's, we we know he's got the potential. We 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 know he's capable of doing it, but you know, he's he can only work with what he's he's got. And at the moment, he doesn't have very much. So hope maybe a, you know a change of head coach, uh, change playbook, couple new guys coming in, maybe put some decent building blocks in place obviously alan robinson leaving is a big blow to them yeah. but you know maybe they can get they, they can still get some success with the guys they've got yeah well i mean we, we touched on that last week obviously doing our nfc north deep dive uh on the bears yeah. the, the the if they, <laughs> we weren't hopeful <laughs> well no because i think i think if they play perfectly they can maybe get seven wins but that's assuming yeah. everything goes their way which we, mm-hmm. which we know is not going to happen. And um, it, it's unfortunate. I think that they'll probably end up bottom of the division. I think we, we all sort of agreed on that, that they're probably going to be the last team in that division, barring a serious collapse, you know, by the Detroit Lions or even, you know, Vikings, you know. All it takes is a few injuries. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we spoke about the Vikings last week, um, probably going to be second in the division. But if Cousins goes down and Jefferson goes down, you know, you've lost your two main offense. Davin Cook goes down. Th- there you go. That that could be a three-win team. You know, I d- obviously, we, none of us want this to happen. We don't want people getting injured, being out for entire seasons. But it's happened. We've seen it happen to teams. Where they lose two or three pieces and the entire team collapses. Mm-hmm. Or you look at the 2011 Indianapolis Colts. They lost one player in Peyton Manning, and they went. They won two games. Well, look at the Panthers over the last decade. Cam Newton was never the same when he when he got injured uh, or when he came yeah. back from injury, and then, and then more recently Christian McCaffrey. Uh, yes, yeah. one player each year, and look how badly it's affected their entire season. Uh, well, I, I'd go as far to say since since Cam Newton's injury, uh, and you know since then they just have never been the same franchise. No, no, absolutely not. You're right. Um, and that's a nice wee segue into the NFC South there, um, which, of course, is the division we're talking about this week. So last year, the NFC South was won by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with a record of 13-4. and four. The New Orleans Saints... I was waiting for the who out there, Jake. I need to. <laughs> the New Orleans Saints uh, went 9-8, and eight, second in the division. The Atlanta Falcons were 7-10, and 10, and the Carolina Panthers were propping up the rest of them with a record of 5-12. and 12. So we do have to start with the, you know, as we've done with every division so far, the division winners from last year, it is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
couple of pieces been moved around from the last season or two at Tampa Bay. Nothing major, but definitely, I think you could argue they've lost a couple of pieces, but they've also gained a couple of pieces as well. Um, so, Jake, we'll hand it over to you first. What is your opinion on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for 2022? It's a, a strange one for the books because, like you say, there, there has been some turnover. Now, last year, they regained every single starter from when they won the Super Bowl. This year, they've had quite a few incomings and outgoings. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been looking at the outgoings. Alex Kappa, OJ Howard, Ronald Jones, Sue, JPP. They lost Gronk to retirement. Sherman's basically retired as well from the sounds of it. Now, they've brought in some good players, some good players from rival teams. Well, Russell Gage is one I definitely want to keep an eye out. With the books, it's it's hard to say. You know, if, if they can beat the Saints this year, you know, last year they would have only lost two games in, in total. So. Yeah, but they can't beat the Saints, so there's no point. They, they can't, well, unless it's in the postseason, but, uh, you know, it's, we won't touch that one. Uh, the <laughs> With the NFC South this year, we, we play the, the AFC North and the NFC West, not two of the, the, the greatest divisions to be, to be playing. Um, now that means the books I think have the fourth harder schedule thanks to winning a division and things get a lot easier when you bring back Tom Brady and you're not looking at maybe uh, Blaine Gabbert starting um, but their first four is, is particularly tough uh, they've got the Cowboys and the Saints away and then that is followed by the Packers and the Chiefs at home um, but the good news for the, the books is then this is followed by probably their easiest four game stretch where they play Falcons at the Steelers, at the Panthers, and then the Ravens. They're over-under sat at 11.5, and it's pretty good over-under to kind of sit at. You, you'd expect the books to get double digits. You'd expect the books to most likely win the division with their roster. It's definitely one to look for. Like I say, I, I'm expecting and fully braced for the fact that they might actually beat the Saints in, in the season for once. Most likely going to be Tom Brady's last year, you, you would imagine. You know, they've got a new coach, but I'd be foolish to say that they're not going to hit double digits and, and most likely be propping up the division. Well, the thing with with Tampa Bay is that, talk about last year. Last year, they had the second highest scoring offense in the conference and the second best scoring defense in the conference. I mean, they scored 511, they allowed 353. That's a differential of 158. Now, in the conference, I was second only to Dallas. The Buccaneers will probably, yeah, I think you're right. They'll probably hit double-digit wins again. It'll be interesting to see how the loss of O.J. Howard and Gronk will affect that offense because they're very tight-end heavy in the passing game. We know this. Um, But they're also very running back heavy in the passing game. And to the best of my knowledge, uh, Mr. Fournette is still there, isn't he? Leonard Fournette came Weighing. back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it 260 pounds he came back? He, he did. Apparently. He's a, he's a big guy. I mean, he was always a big guy, but now he's a big guy. It wasn't yeah. 260 pounds big. That's a bowl. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. Is that not like sort of two and a half, three stone heavier? Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's normally like 220. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a lot of extra weight. Now, the, the question then becomes... Does he become more of, as you said, a bowling ball? Does he become more of a MJD style runner? A um, Warren Sap. <laughs> play both ways. Um, or, or does does he, you know, is it going to slow him down? This is the thing. You have to assume it will slow him down just because that's a lot of weight for anyone to to gain. But for all we know, he's going to shed half of that in the, you know, during the training camp. 
That could... Or they're going to just play him left guard. Yeah, <laughs> could do that. Uh, now the Buccaneers also did the the signed the offensive lineman. Oh my goodness, from the Patriots. Remind me, Jake. Shaq Mason. Shaq Mason. Mason yeah. yeah. So they got Shaq Mason, um, and they gave up a fifth for him. Yeah. yeah. So like that was one of the biggest bargains of the off season. Um, I I yeah, I'm with you. I think it's hard to see them not hitting double digits and winning the division again. Um, and you know with all. Due uh, deference to your New Orleans Saints, Jake, um, I, I think the chances are the Buccaneers will win. Um, although they'll have at least two losses on that due to playing the Saints twice this year. I hope they don't. I'm I'm sick of Tom Brady. I'm sick of him. I, I wish he would. Why could he not just stay retired? Just just go away. Nobody, Wait. nobody wants him to get an eighth ring. I'm starting to think even the Bucks fans don't want him. He's well, just... you mentioned with uh, Mandela, you know, six months out of, of prison, he was like, I'm good. Tom Brady had like two months six of home. Weeks. He, was like, yeah. <laughs> he was like, I'm good. I don't need to be around my kids. <laughs> Tom Brady hates his kids. Yeah, he's I'm like, just... you know what? This retirement <laughs> yeah. business, not really for he's me. Like, how do people do that? He must be thinking, how did Philip Rivers retire with his, what is it, nine? Is it nine? He's got nine yeah, children. So he's got a, a football team at that point. Yeah. You might as well. Yeah, you just go go for the full 11, Philip, if you don't already it's, have it. It's and, the only thing Philip Rivers actually beat Tom Brady at was the amount of kids that they've got. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, Tom Brady, just, just stay retired. Just go away, please, for the love of God. Oh, I, I hope, I hope the Buccaneers go winless this year. <laughs> I hope the buck. I hope Tom Brady throws forty pick sixes. That's what I Just want. Remind, to remind me who the Saints fan is. You know, I'm, I'm trying to hit be impartial, and you. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I just, I just, I despise. Do you know what? I used to think that I hated the New England Patriots. That I, I was convinced. You said, "Do you hate the New England Patriots?" Yes. Yes, I do. Then Tom Brady goes to the Buccaneers, and I'm going. I really hate the Buccaneers. Maybe it wasn't the hatred of the Patriots. Still, still not a fan of Robert Kraft. Yeah, not really. Um, but I always had respect for Bill Belichick. I could always respect him. Even though I hated his team, I, I can respect what he does. Uh, but I just despise Tom Brady. I can't stand He's the most overrated player ever in the history of the NFL. Ever. And it's not even, there's, there's nobody, more, possibly Terry Bradshaw. No, no, definitely not. Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the most overrated player in the history of the NFL. He's just not oh, well, that number good twelve, folks. Yeah, it's just number twelve. <laughs> don't like number twelve. Actually, that you know what? See now that you mention it, because I, <laughs> I I really went off Aaron Rodgers. I spoke about that a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I really went off Aaron. I was like, oh, I don't like him. He talks a load of garbage. Um, quite like Roger Staubach though. Yeah, I've got time for Roger Staubach, but no, Tom Brady just enough. And do you know what? Every every single week, I'm watching Red Zone, and uh, I'm not I'm not saying Scott Hansen's guilty of this. He's not. But you know what's going to happen is they'll go to a Bucks game, and they'll say, "And here comes the forty-five year old Tom." But I don't care. I don't care how old he is. It, it's what not about his avocado ice cream. Ah, oh, I, I don't care. That's <laughs> none of it. None of it excites me. There's nothing about watching Tom Brady play. That excites me. Peyton Manning was infinitely better. Sorry, what did you say? Sometimes it cuts to his wife, so that's... Uh, well, yeah. I would say okay. I enjoyed yeah, that. Well, yeah, that's not bad. That's pretty good. 
but like Peyton Manning was an infinitely better quarterback than Tom Brady. The debate, when people debate, oh, who's better, Brady or Manning, it's not even a debate. It shouldn't be, because Manning is clearly much better than Tom Brady. And anyone who says otherwise is just wrong. You're factually wrong, right? Rings are not a stat to measure quarter. We've covered this. Oh, and I'm getting <laughs> sorry. There's me going off again. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. We're not talking about Tom I, Brady. No, no, no. Remember, we said count to twelve <laughs> and <laughs> just <laughs> twelve deep breaths. That's me counting the fine. Buccaneers' losses. This coming oh, year. Brady only needs seven counts. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, sad, Dave, I didn't. Sometimes when I'm out here defending Tom Brady, <laughs> that's a poor show. Uh, Dave, I didn't give you a chance to talk about the Buccaneers. What are you looking well, forward to for 2022 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Well, of all the people to be on the podcast that's going to actually be the impartial one, it, I think I was definitely not top of that list. So here here goes. I'll do my best anyway. Um, but I th- I th- uh, one thing I did uh, kind of note um, when I was looking uh, through the box, like the transactions um with Hakeem Hicks coming in to you know re- uh, replace uh, JPP I, I I I like it if he stays fit but I, I think he's actually he's a top defensive lineman when he stays healthy which is it's just been a problem for him for uh for his, most of his career actually but I would just echo everything that you were saying uh about the, t- the tight end situation OJ Howard going Gronk retiring for the moment um, you know, you know that that that's a gap that they do need to fill. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually look to maybe a, a, a veteran, uh, maybe in free agency that might do a job. You know, um, I think there's what there's one or two available still. I, I think is Kyle Rudolph still available? Um, off the top of my head, I can't think that he's gone to a team. No, I haven't seen did, anything about him retiring. Not, uh, did he not go? Oh, where did he go? Hang on, I'm gonna look it up. Keep talking, Dave. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm sure he was mentioned, but I, I can't remember seeing them actually signing with a team. Um, so I thought, you know, they might go for like one of the kind of veteran free agents. Um, but the only other thing that I really have to add is that I think Todd Bowles is probably, he's probably inheriting the best kind of, re- uh, you know, ready team to to make a run towards the Super Bowl in in the last 20 30 years i i can't think of a team where there where there's been a head coach change that has been this ready to kind of kick on and have a successful season so i think very lucky for todd bowles to have inherited that but um yeah yeah so, I, um, I, I think yeah was that was that right is he still free agent? he is still a free agent he was actually uh released by the new york giants mm-hmm. to create cap space we actually i think we actually spoke about this when it happened. That's what it was, Because yeah. I, I remember us talking about Kyle Rudolph. I thought maybe he'd signed for someone. No. The Giants, uh, it said they restructured his contract to create cap space and it was released on March the 2nd. When you've got one of the more, ah, what's the word I'm looking for? Now? Kyle Rudolph was never one of those tight ends who had the massive numbers receiving the ball. But he was always a reliable target. Uh, and you know he he can make plays, but he was he was never the big ten touchdowns a year and mm-hmm. twelve hundred yards. But he's all he's also a very good blocking tight end. So I was quite surprised uh, to find that he is still a free agent. You're absolutely right. Yeah, the the only other thing I would say as well is that they, I I don't know if they've actually 
um, managed to replace Ndokamon Sue yet because I th- it's Sue, you know, obviously he's, he's, he's an ever-present, quite uh, standout character guy, but he played in nearly every single game for the past four years. Sorry, three years. Three years off the top of my head, sorry. Um, for the past three seasons, since like 2019, 2020. So he he's going to be a big loss on that defensive line. And I don't see Akeem Hicks being the guy to um, fulfill that you know fulfill that gap. So I'm wondering if, if they're going to look uh, again, maybe to free agency or anyone that maybe traded for a, a small pick, you know, for, for a team maybe looking for more cap space. I think the... Do you know, I don't want to talk with the Buccaneers anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna say something out of the as I was as I was speaking, I could feel my blood pressure rising again. I thought I'm not gonna do this to myself. I need to look after my health. We I call it progress, proud. ladies and gentlemen. Progress. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet you there'll be like, like at least one person listening going, I was waiting for him to actually explode and he didn't. So yeah, you're out of luck there. Um, so that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, moving on, we uh, come to our next team. We finished second in the division last year, and it is, of course, the New Orleans Saints. They finished with a record of nine and eight. Um, they were they were quite middling um, offensively. Defensively, the Saints had the stingiest defense in the entire NFC. They allowed three hundred and thirty-five points. Uh, which I believe was actually was a fourth in the in- entire league, I believe. The Saints were very good defensively last year. Offensively, they had their struggles uh, almost entirely because of injuries at the quarterback position. But of course, you know, Trevor Simeon did come on for them, so that was good. And he won a, he won a game for them. So yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of Trevor Simeon, as you all know. Dave, let's start you off. The New Orleans Saints, what's your thoughts on this year? I think we're going to see a much improved New Orleans Saints, um, despite James Winston still being QB. Uh, I, th- I think one thing, I, there's a, there are a couple of questions, obviously, um, with the main man himself, Sean Payton, no longer at the helm and uh, Dennis Allen coming in. I think that's going to be an interesting uh, transition. But I think he was Dennis Allen's been there for quite a long time, uh, off the top of my head. I think he's always been ever-present, as far as I can tell or remember in recent history um so it might not be a complete change from what, what they've already been doing maybe just kind of progress on that but one big question i do have is what the situation with michael thomas is going to be for next season because uh there's uh, there's rumors widespread about about you know this, this situation uh will he uh, will he ever be as good as he was before um before before his ankle uh, situation uh, will Jameis Winston be able to, you know, link up and have that kind of rapport uh, that Michael Thomas had with Drew Brees, and obviously you got uh, Chris Olave coming in as well uh, in first round picking the draft. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I think Tyron Matthew, though, what what a signing he was. I I, I was gutted that he chose to go to the Saints instead of going uh, going to the Rams. I think the Rams had made contact with him, so um, you know. Homecoming for Matthew, um, and I think, is, is it Marcus May that also he he he'll he'll be at safety as well, yeah. Um, instead of kind of Malcolm, Jen- Malcolm Jenkins, Marcus Williams, uh, those will be the two back there, which I it's by no means a downgrade. So I think that there'll be 
Um, pretty solid in defence again. And I think the only questions are really about the offence, but I don't see them having a losing season. So I think it's going to be very, very tight at the top between the Bucks and the Saints. And I, th- I hope the Saints edge it. Um, I think it's if, if they don't have a massive season this year, I think they've definitely got the building blocks in place to have a really successful season next year. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at, um, you know, you mentioned Michael Thomas there. I actually saw something on Twitter earlier on about Michael Thomas. Um, I, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, they were saying about the possibility of him being ready for, uh, for the start of the season. I think I think it's maybe a little unfair to Jameis to sort of, <laughs> to even think that he might be as good with Michael Thomas as Drew Brees was. We, we spoke about how Drew Brees elevated players, Jake, when we spoke about what, what he did with Jimmy Graham the tight end. You know, he looked like a perennial pro bowler with Drew Brees and all of a sudden goes to Seattle and he looked very run-of-the-mill indeed. Uh, not not that I'm saying that Michael Thomas is run-of-the-mill, he's an excellent receiver, but the production that he had with Drew Brees, I think there's probably going to be a drop-off. I don't think it's going to be significant because I do trust James Winston uh, that he can, he can get the job done. And I think as long as he can stay healthy, he can have a very productive season. But Jake, I'm going to have to hand it over to you the New Orleans Saints 2022 defense still looks great. We're looking for improvement on the offense. What's your view? Well, with the improvement on the offense, our number one wide receiver from last year, Marquez Callaway, is now number four if he's lucky. Um, you know, with Michael Thomas coming back, Jarvis Landry, mm-hmm. first round pick, Chris Olave. I mean, can't really you know get much better in terms of a wide receiver room. The Saints were were five and two under Jameis. He had 14 touchdowns to three interceptions and then started the, the quarterback carousel of, of injuries. I mean, we had four starting quarterbacks last year. Um, with, you know, like I say, definitely a new and improved um, receiver room. Mm-hmm. In terms of offensive continuity, Pete Carmichael's the offensive coordinator. He's been with the Saints since 2006. He's been the offensive coordinator since 2009. He knows that offense better probably than Sean Payton. So... It's definitely going to be different with Dennis Allen at the front. I mean, he's done a fantastic job with the defense over the last few years. Which, you know that that's shown from the fact that, especially under Drew Brees, it was always offense first, and hopefully the defense could limit them to to thirty five forty. Um, and now, a defense led by Cam Jordan, it's definitely a defense heavy team. With a, if we can just as if James can do what he did last year before going down injured, just limit the the mistakes. I mean. Mm-hmm. Everyone makes a big deal of him going 30 for 30. Well, he was 14 for 3 and still finished. He played seven games, still finished as our top um, quarterback for passing yards. You know, he had us on the right course. I think he really buys into the energy of the, of the locker room. The Saints, though, do need to hit the ground running. We've got, we start at Atlanta, play the books at home. Pretty good time to get the books and at home, um, play at the Panthers. And then we have the Vikings in London, which is technically. Um, a home game, even though obviously it's it's not. Um, because if they don't hit the ground running, they could be in some trouble. There's, especially later on in the season, they've got a week 14 bye, which is a pretty good bye to have, you know, back end of the season. But the games before the bye uh, is make or break, really. They, they're at the Steelers, Rams at home, at the 49ers, at the Bucks. We're, we're going to be crawling to that bye week. That bye week is going to be stress relief after that uh, four game stretch so that's, that's a tough stretch isn't it that, that is a very tough when your only home game in four weeks is the Rams and yeah 
it's not great uh, when you're looking at the other three teams either. So yeah, like I say, that bye week um, can't come soon enough. Um, like I say, hopefully it's just damage rotation from those kind of four games. It's definitely a, a rough stretch. I think it's probably optimistic to say we're going to be challenging the books. You know, are we going to be second in the division? I I sure hope so. I mean, without the Rams absolutely capitulating, we would have been in the playoffs. Um, last year, instead of the 49ers, but the Rams mm-hmm. couldn't even help us then. Um, the over-under on the Saints is eight, which I, quite frankly, is just disgusting and all the easiest bet of my life because how you expect a team who got nine wins with four quarterbacks and no wide receivers to go backwards is, is beyond me. We've massively improved. I mean, the, the big question is losing Toron Armstead and obviously Trevor Penn in the first round. Um, left tackle, well, I assume he's going to come in a left tackle, but I loved Heron Armstead, but he spent most of the last three, four years injured anyway. So, again, it's always been next man up in the Saints. Uh, yeah, I, I, that, when I saw the over-under was eight, I was gobsmacked and, and just tickled myself. Because how you expect a nine-win team who are massively improved to go backwards is, is beyond me. And, and they really are. The, imp- the improvements are, are tangible. You can see them. Uh, just looking at the roster, you're like, that's so much better. If As long as they stay healthy, they're going to be great. How can the Saints have an over-under of eight? And I'm sure the Bears have seven. I'm sure the Bears over-under was seven. And I'm going. Let me go back in my, my notes if it's there. The Chicago Bears are expected to win seven games. So, and and you're expecting the Saints to win eight? Yeah. I mean, come on. That's Hit the t- over. Now, who, whoever's, whoever's picking those is just not right. It's not right at all. In the head, I mean. <laughs> as well as being just wrong. Uh, yeah, I think the same. De- uh, defensive, we spoke about it. From the front to the back, the defense looks absolutely stacked. Uh, and getting... I've actually completely forgot about Landry. Totally, yep, homecoming yep. for Landry and Matthew. Totally forgot about him. Um, and getting Thomas back. And as you see with Olive there. And, and Winston. And of course, the running back is... Well, Alvin Kamara's just... He's still on a different level from a lot of other backs in the NFL because he can do so much. So as long as the Saints stay healthy, I think you could. I think they could be looking at twelve wins. Uh, it's going to be well, it tough. Depends if if Kamara gets the the supposed suspension, then uh, then those first yeah. four games are definitely going to be more interesting. Uh, well, that's very true, actually. I, I mean, and of course, it's going to be tough because, as you see, you've got the NFC West and the NFC uh, AFC North. Was it? I think he said um, two pretty tough divisions. Uh, but as long as you play the Seahawks, you're, you're laughing, you know. Um, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna move on now to the next team, and it's uh, Jake's other favorite team, of course which is the Atlanta Falcons. Now, last year, the Atlanta Falcons finished with a record of 7-10. and 10. They had one of the worst points differentials, so second worst in the conference, of minus 146, because uh, although they scored 313 points, they allowed 459, uh, which was the second worst in the entire conference, 459 points against. The Falcons don't have Calvin Ridley. Um... They don't have Matty Ice. They, they still have Kyle Pitts and uh, the guy, uh, London, no, uh, I forget his name. Drake yeah, London. Yeah, Drake London that they got. And that looks like that could be a scary duo. But Mariota getting them the ball 
I don't I don't trust Mariota. I, I, I just don't. I've I've never seen anything from Mariota that makes me think that he can guide this team to, you know, to to match seven wins from last year. I, I can't see it coming. Uh I I personally like the Falcons, um, so I hope I'm wrong. Um, but I, I don't think I am. I think the Falcons will really struggle this year again, uh, probably even more so. They, they just look, even after the draft and free agency, they look just depleted across the board. And it's a shame. They, they almost look like the NFC's version of the Texans, where you just look at that roster and say, you know, there's a couple of good good pieces there, but across the board, it looks, it looks pretty bad. Jake, Let's hand it over to you, the Atlanta Falcons. Do you do you see any improvement this year from last year? I'm not sure about an improvement. Like I say, they they, they won seven games last year, which probably more than most people think. Um, their over under is now sat at five, so obviously they were expecting a drop off. You know, you lose um, Matty Ice and replace with Mar- Mariota. That's that that counts for two games. I would say that's fair enough. Um, but they've kind of got the opposite schedule to the Saints. They they start obviously with the Saints at home. Um, but then they they have a really tough stretch here. They they play at the Rams, at the Seahawks, home against the Browns. But that might be the Watsonless Browns, um, and then home against the Bucks. But unlike the Saints, before their Week 14 bye, which is the the exact same, they've probably got their easiest stretch. They play at the Panthers on Thursday night football. Uh, they have what they call a mini bye in terms of obviously Thursday until Sunday. They play home at the Bears at the Commanders, and then home against the Steelers. So they'll be bouncing into their Week 14 bye rather than crawling like the Saints. Now, the, the biggest positive I can really say for the Falcons is it, it's very dependable because if the Falcons can get to the red zone, you need to be very worried because they've got a mobile quarterback, they've got Cal Pitts, they've got Drake London, and they've got Cordell Patterson. Defensive coordinators will be saying, please, just Falcons aren't very good. Let's just keep them out of the red zone because if they get to the red zone, there's some tough decisions there of who you're covering. Uh, there's a lot of big bodies. Mariota can do um, multiple things. You know, when you limit him to 20 yards, he can run, he can pass, and then you've got to worry about Cordell Patterson in the background as well. So, I, I wouldn't like to see them in the red zone too often. Yeah, I think with Mariota, they're unlikely to get into the red zone very often, unfortunately. Uh, I, I love Cordell Patterson. He's he's one of my favourite players in the history of the NFL. I love him. And do you know what? If he has a good year, maybe takes another couple of kickoffs back for scores, I'm I'm putting my, I'm throwing my, what's it, what do you call it? Hat in the ring? Is that what you call it? <laughs> I forget, I forget the, the term. I'm putting, sorry, what was that? What, 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 why are you putting your hat in the ring? <laughs> because Cordell Patterson is one of the most underrated players in the entire NFL. And I am saying that if he has a really good year, takes a couple of kicks back for touchdowns, I'm saying Hall of Fame. He deserves Ooh. it. Even just as a special teamer. He, he already, he's tied with the NFL record for kickoff returns in history. Mm-hmm. Just, Just do it. The man's great. But then I think that Steve Tasker should be in the in the Hall of Fame and he was a gunner on special teams. I think that Devin Hester should be in the Hall of Fame. I think Brian Mitchell should be in the Hall of Fame because these guys, you know, took kicks back for, for a living. And uh, But they were the best who ever did it. Why, why would you not? Sure. I, I think I think you should. I, I love Cordell Patterson. 
I think he's great. He's I, I, And what I loved about last year was that a team finally found a way of utilising a skill set because he's uniquely gifted. He's, although he's a bit older now, he, in my opinion, is a more polished, better version of Debo Samuel. I, I believe that. He, he's, he's big, he's strong, he's ridiculously fast. And he can kill you at any point. And I, I think many, you guys probably don't, don't even remember this, but way back in, I think it was our second or third episode, um, I mentioned Deshaun Jackson. And how mm. I said, Deshaun Jackson's one of those players that you forget about him until he's killed you for an 80-yard touchdown. Cordell like, Patterson is is like that. He's of that ilk. I love Cordell. I love me some Cordell Patterson. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Love special teams? Yeah, of course. Love special teams. Yes. And Cordell Patterson's one of the best to ever do it. So, yeah. Good for you, Cordell. You have another great year, mate, and I'll be... I'll be ringing the bell for you to get into the Hall of Fame. He won't, but I'll be, I'll be, I'll be championing yeah. it. Um, Dave, it's over to you, mate. The uh, the Atlanta Falcons. What do you think? Uh, I don't think we mentioned um, Russell Gage uh, that he's left uh, to go to the Bucks. Oh, um, you. I mentioned him on the Bucks. Oh, so uh, great pickup. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, great pickup for them. But and in uh, that, that, that's a bit of a. You know, it's within the division. That's a, that's another one of these, like with uh, Bradbury um, leaving the Giants. That's a bit of a, why, why would you kind of um, go to someone within the division unless there was something going on behind the scenes? But, you know, the Falcons, I think we, we should just stop guessing what's going to happen with them. Um, I, I, I agree with every single thing that's already been said about them. I think they may struggle to get five wins, but I, I, th- I think they might just edge it. Um, yeah, I, they they've made some some of their re-signings as well. Um, I think they Grady Jarrettin, Rashawn Evans, um, also their kicker Young Hoku. Can't gotta love him. Uh, he's uh, oh, resigned oh, as best, well. Best first name of any kicker. No comment. Um, but you know, they, they, like like we've already said, they have lost. Um, you know, my eyes going to the Colts. Um, Calvin Ridley st- suspended still. Um, Hayden Hurst as well left to go to the Bengals um, Dante Fowler it's not the biggest loss in the world um, I, I may have a little bit of um, to slight negativity towards him um, <laughs> because I think he could have done a lot better when he was at the Rams but uh, yeah I, I, I think they, they've <laughs> they, they've got people in to the positions that they needed but maybe no one that's going to make a huge impact and Mariota is firmly in that category so um yeah, I, I, I mean, would you? It, it's a case of well, if if you want to rank these three in order, would you, uh, out of Mariota, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, out, out of them three in my head, and it pains me to say this, I'm putting Jared Goff above Wentz and Mariota. So, and I, and I think I'm, I might even put uh, Wentz uh, in in at second. So. Uh, that that's kind of how low I'm I'm kind of rating Marcus Mariota, but uh, you know I, I wish them. Nah, I don't really. I don't wish them best luck at all. Just say, uh, <laughs> just uh, we'll just, we'll just uh, yeah. I, I I think four four or five wins for the Falcons at push, and I think if they're going to get five wins, two of them are going to be against the Panthers. It's it's weird that the the Falcons, if Calvin Ridley wasn't suspended. And he was playing. 
you could argue the Falcons have the best receiving core in the entire NFL. And that's a, that sounds like a stupid thing to say. But you look at what's there. That's a ridiculous, yeah. a ridiculous pool of talent. You're Calvin Ridley, uh, again, you know, if he was there, um, Russell Gage, you've got... No, nope, he's not there. Oh, sorry, no, Russell Gage's uh, not yeah, there he's anymore. Gone. He's yeah, gone. Yeah, oh, he's right, gone. they don't. They don't. But they're still... <laughs> but, well, no, but, you know, if Calvin Ridley was listen there... listen to me when I said about the book. <laughs> I know, right, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Right, I, I must have skipped that bit. I was I was too busy looking up stats for Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley. <laughs> Sorry about that, Jake. It's not that I wasn't listening to you. It's not that at all. I just didn't hear what you said. Wasn't listening. Yeah. I yeah. just didn't hear. I just, want, well, I just wasn't paying attention. That's all. I heard you. Okay. I, I wasn't <laughs> listening, but I did hear you. I just wasn't paying attention. So my apologies there. But yeah. I recommend know, to stop digging now. Cor- this is, it's not going well. You know, okay. as, as we said, Cordell Patterson, um, they've got a uh, Drake London, they've got Kyle Pitts. If they had Calvin Ridley there, you'd be looking at that going, that, that's, that's a lot of talent, an awful lot of talent. And it's it's going to get wasted. It's going it's to be absolutely wasted this year. I just, I don't think Mariotta could do anything with that talent. Um, I could be wrong because we've not, although Mariotas in his, oh, remind me, sixth, seventh year? At least. Seventh year? On the Titans and then he went to the Raiders, didn't he? That's right. Uh, In fact, he was drafted uh, second behind Jameis, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. So So he's been in the league quite a while. He hasn't played that much. Now, some of that's been due to injuries. But some of it's because yep. he didn't play well, and and Sorry. it's a sad reality. Um, I I I don't trust him. Sorry, I keep saying that, but it's true. do you, do you think that we're going to see Desmond Ritter this year? Uh, I think at Matt, some point we will. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, I think so. You need to know what you've got. So I think it'd be silly. So, you know, by the end of the season, I don't expect the Falcons to be in contention anywhere. They would be silly not to whether it's through just natural progression of interest of wanting to see him, whether it's through injury because Mario has got injury history, or whether it's through bad play. I'm, I'm sure at some point we will see Desmond Ritter. I would think so, yeah. The, the only other thing I was um, I, in my notes was that there's been uh, trade rumours about Dion Jones as well, um, because his it's, it's more for cap space than anything else, because his cap penalty this year is $20 million. Uh, for the linebacker, and That's if they lot. were to trade, they were to trade him now, they would save fourteen point seven million. So there's been a few kind of uh, you know rumors and murmurs about potential trades for for Deion Jones. So um, yeah, that maybe that's something to look out for in the next next week or two. Yeah, certainly could be. Uh, that's the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, we do come to the final team in our NFC South deep dive, and it is. The Carolina Panthers. Now, last year, the Carolina Panthers had a record of five and twelve. Offensively, they were that's that's not sugarcoated. They were awful. They were mm-hmm. absolutely awful. They had the um, second worst points in the entire conference, three hundred and four. They allowed four hundred and four. Um, but again, a lot of that was injuries, and it's hard when your best players go down with injuries. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, if Christian McCaffrey hadn't got injured, the Panthers would have, you know, won 12 games. I'm not going to say that. 
but I'm not so sure they would have been bottom of the division. There was there was games last year. You watched the Panthers, and it looked like there was just nothing happening offensively, like zero. Um, and and they still managed to win five games. So it's 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 hard for teams to overcome injuries to their best players. And Christian McCaffrey is by far and away their best player on offense. Um, mm-hmm. He's just when he's healthy. When he's um, healthy. When he's healthy. If he you know he's going to come back from injury this year. And um, if he can stay healthy, then he's a, an absolute force to be reckoned with. Um, I hope he does. I like Christian McCaffrey. Uh, and of course, none of us wish anyone ill. We don't want anyone to get injured at all in the NFL. But I, I really like Christian McCaffrey. And I think it's such a shame when he when he got injured uh, last year and the year before. It was the entire year before that. So I hope the Panthers can do well. But I, I look at their roster and I just think I, I can't see... Where, for example, you know, if you, I don't know what the over under is on, on Carolina, Jake, have you got a note of that? Six. They're excited to improve. Uh, do you know what? I'm not even sure I can see where six wins are coming from. Baker. Uh, that's that. I, I think that, that having that, Baker. That's, that's an upgrade. Yeah. That, oh, that's a serious. On, on Sam Darnold, yes. That, 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 that's that's a upgrade. pretty big upgrade, yeah. Uh, but there's so many other holes in the team. Do you know what? I could be completely wrong. Baker Mayfield could revitalize that entire organization. He did it. He did it with the worst franchise in the history of the NFL mm-hmm. with that Brown squad. I mean, they were, what were they? One and 31 when he came in. Yeah. For the two, yeah, the, the two, two seasons years. prior. Yeah. And within two years, he takes them to uh, an NFC championship game. Uh, uh, AFC championship game. Sorry. I mean, come on. It just, I, I, th- I don't think Baker gets the, the, you know the respect he deserves. Baker is is going to be much better for the Panthers, but they have to stay healthy. He can't do it mm-hmm. all by himself. I'm not putting Baker Mayfield on, on you know up on a, a pedestal with someone like Peyton Manning changing an entire franchise. But he did. You know the, the proofs in the pudding. He did. He, he changed the entire ethos about that Cleveland Browns team and turned them into a winning franchise. And they were dead in the water for two years straight. They were hopeless. They beat themselves on occasions. All of a sudden, Baker turns up and, and they start winning games. Now, I know it wasn't just Baker Mayfield. I'm not saying that for one second. But he was such an improvement in the quarterback position for the Browns. He, I think it is a big upgrade over Sam Darnold. Sorry, Sam. But I'm not convinced that you are able to make it as a franchise NFL quarterback. I give you the benefit of the doubt for three years and I've just not seen anything. But I I don't know. I don't know if they can win six games. But I'm going to hand over to you, Jake. The Carolina Panthers, what are you looking for? Am I completely wrong here? Do you think I'm talking out my hat? Well, with the Panthers, like we've, we, you know, you and Dave both already said, in terms of they'll be relying heavily on, on CMC and improved quarterback play with Mayfield there now. But they won their first three last year before only winning two the rest of the way. My hope for the Panthers and Matt Rule is that he's renting because I don't see his long-term future in Charlotte. Um, now, they start with the likely Watson-less Browns and then the Giants. Um, but after that, they play the Saints, Cardinals, 49ers, Rams, and the Bucks. Um, so don't envy, you know, if they don't start 2-0, I, I would start to be very worried for Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers. I mean, you could, you, uh, you're almost looking at that and saying that's five losses in a row. 
Yeah, I'm, that's what I mean. If they if they don't start two and zero, they're most likely going to be zero and seven. Yeah, and things do get easier after their week thirteen bye. They play at the Seahawks. They got the Li- at the Steelers and then the Lions. Uh, they've lost Hassan Reddick. They they've lost Stefan Gilmore. Um, the the only draft really of of you know they didn't have that many draft picks. They got Matt Corral in the, the third round. They they got Icky Akonwu uh, in in the first round, but. The, the the best thing I could find, and it's sad when I was looking at the ins and outs, and I'm writing all these players for the books and the Saints, and then for the Panthers, I have Baker Mayfield and, and Johnny Hecker. You know that 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 was the highlight for me, really. Um, I would expect, you know, they're over under six. The, the Falcons are five. I would probably switch them all, you know, switch them around. But I mean, like we say, we'll see. But I, I don't expect Matt Rule to be. Last in the season, he he may not even last to the bye week. Like I say, if they don't win against the Browns without Watson, you assume, um, and the Giants, it's it's going to be a a long stretch for him. I th- they've yeah. got sorry, I was just, just going to say there, Ian. They've got a bit of a uh, former Rams vibe going on uh, in Carolina because obviously we mentioned Johnny Hecker, which I'm very upset about, um, and. Um, yeah, you know, he, he's he's obviously a highlight, but they've also they've uh, signed Corey Littleton as well at linebacker. But um, they've also bumped up their um, offensive line with uh, Austin Corbett at guard, who was uh, at the Rams. And I, for me anyway, he will be a miss for the Rams. Um, and they also signed uh, Bradley Bozeman, uh, the center, uh, for a little bit of Baker protection there. And obviously they've got Eki coming in for off the draft. So I think. They've started. They they made some decent signings. So I'm not. I I'd be thinking more towards the over for the for the five. But yeah, I, that that stretch. That, that's a difficult stretch. I, I mean, if if they don't, if if they come out of there with um or sorry um after after say seven games, they've got maybe um four and three. That's a that's really good for them. That you know, I, they would bite your hand off. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. But I, you know, I I think um, what the other one that I'd um mentioned or that I'd noted down was they've signed uh, Dante Jackson at cornerback, who uh, is being brought in to replace Stefan Gilmer. Obviously, there's probably a big kind of wide um you know talent gap there, but uh, Dante Jackson should do a decent job for them, and they've also got Xavier Woods. At safety, so they've made some, they've made quite a few accus- uh, accusations. No, they definitely have not. <laughs> they've made uh, acquisitions. <laughs> no, I think that's uh, maybe talk of the Texans coming in there and the Browns. But um, yeah, they, I think uh, they, they've they're kind of spinning the kind of roulette, you know, the roulette wheel again to see if they can land on the right one. So you never know. I think they've got some decent players in. I think they just need to get their pieces moving all in one and as a healthy group would be their sort of biggest weapon, I think. So if they can keep players like Baker, McCaffrey, uh, DJ Moore as well, if they can keep these guys healthy, I think they've got some potential anyway. The loss of Hassan Reddick, though, I think is, is massive. Yeah. To the Eagles, yeah. I believe. Eagles, well, that, that's Eagles, massive. Yeah. Uh, and uh, is it Daquan Jones has gone to the Bills as well? I think he was their defensive tackle. So uh, that's another slight hole. They they re- replaced him with uh, Matthew Ioannidis. Um So you know it, it's it, it's it's a very wait and see. I think what it's it, Panthers are more, one of the more unpredictable teams this year. I think we need to wait for the jury to be out on mm-hmm. on the Panthers. It's it, there's too many unknowns. Just well, too does, many ba- does Baker start? Because ba- he's 
it's not been there that long. It's not going to have long t- a long time to get used to the playbook. So, See, to be honest, think- to be honest, I don't think he's going to need long to be better than Sam Darnold. I think that the Panthers are doing the right thing in terms of saying, you know, it's an open competition. Yeah. You, know, you both have a chance. We'll see it. If Baker Mayfield is not the start of week one, I'd be worried. I'll I'll be surprised. Because it's one, it's against the Browns, so let yeah. the man get his <laughs> exactly. revenge. But two, he should be able to beat out Sam Donald. I mean, he's done it all his life at this point. Yeah. Pre-se- pre-season games for the Panthers will be interesting to see uh, if Baker, how much Baker plays. Because if he doesn't play very much then I'm going to say that it might actually be Sam Darnold. Because There's not. I will take a bet with you. There's not a chance they start Sam Darnold against the Browns. I mean, <laughs> Baker Mayfield might actually walk out the stadium. Uh, oh, like, my you know goodness. What? I'm the, good. It, yeah. I, so, yeah I, don't, I don't see it. If it, it wasn't it, the Browns, I see what you're saying, boy. It's the Browns. Yeah. They have to start Baker. I um, <laughs> when, when they were announcing the week one fixtures, this was obviously before... Baker was traded. Uh, you know, I was looking at some of these games. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. The Rams and the Bills. Fantastic. The Broncos and the Seahawks. Russ going back to Seattle to take on the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. I thought that's... I was, Saints Falcons. So many games that are just great. Really juicy looking contest. And then this happened. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for Baker Mayfield because you talk about somebody spurned by by the their team. Basically just dumped. We don't we don't want you. What, what was it? What was it that the, the, they said? The guy said we want an adult at the quarterback yeah, position. Uh, it was something like that. That's so disrespectful. Unbelievable. For the as, man, as they have conversations through the media instead of having an adult conversation with the quarterback. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, you're yeah, you're being very adult about this. And then all their underhanded dealings with their due diligence about Deshaun Watson, and you're thinking and one million contract. Yeah. Oh, and then the one million dollar contract. You're like, oh my god, that's just that's awful. That's something I call the kettle black. Exactly. So, uh, and Baker has every right to feel aggrieved by this. Every right. I'm I'm with him a hundred percent. I I hope he goes out there in week one and torches. The, the Cleveland Browns. I hope they, they put 50 on them. I really do. I really do. I hate the Browns. Always have done. Uh, but I, especially now, this has just been the one thing. Because for a time, I felt sorry for them. For a time, I felt sorry for the Browns because nothing was going right for them. Uh, and, you know, the saying was that Browns are going to Brown. That's, that's, that was a saying. That they'll find a way to lose. They'll find a way to mess it up. And they've, they've done it again and again and again. And now they've done it again with Bacon Mayfield. So, yeah, I hope he absolutely just destroys them. Week one. I can't wait for week one. Can't wait for the kickoff. NFL 2022. It's going to be so good. 50 days. Oh, what? 50 days? Too long. It should be ju- today. Just, well, absolutely. Just what, what, one more fun fact about the Panthers. Uh, Matt Rule is currently the longest tenured head coach in the division. So, there you go. Yes. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, Dennis Allen's just taken over from Sean Payton, and then Todd Bowles just taken over from Bruce Arians. So, yeah. So, I'm, very, I'm pretty sure 
the Falcons head coach is brand new as well, so I'm pretty sure anyone who's coached I, more than one game. I don't dispute facts, okay? Facts are facts, and I am just bringing you the facts. I, uh, I am by the week the... thirteen <laughs> by that fact might be. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I, I fully agree. Absolutely, <laughs> definitely. All right, so gentlemen, we have come to the end of our NFC South deep dive. Next week is going to be the final one. It's going to be the NFC West, of course. Uh, we will be doing our best to stop Dave talking about his Rams all the time. But uh, oh, I think I think I held myself with dignity. You, I kept my impartial you did. reputation. And I even said positive things about the Falcons. So I, pat myself on the back. I was very proud of you, Jake. Very proud Thank of you. Dave. Well done. Well done. Um, well, on that note, who that? <laughs> <laughs> But Dave, it's your turn next week, mate. You get to talk about your Rams. You'll enjoy that. Um, so that's the end of our deep dive, as I say. Uh, but of course, we do still have a segment to go. And it is, of course, Random Stats. So um, I'll tell you what, why don't I go first this week? Um, why not? For the Random Stats. Um, so let's have a wee look here. Now, I was, because we were talking about Sam Darnold, uh, I knew we were going to be talking about Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold came into the league at a very young age. Like a very, very young age. And quite often we, we talk about rookies who come into the league and you say, um, you forget how young they are because they're coming out of called they've made instant millionaires. And you look at Sam Darnold. Now, he was born in 1997, 5th of June, 1997. He's 25 years old and he has been in the league for four years already. This is his fifth year. He was drafted in 2018. So he's a young guy. He was a young young man. In fact, he, I think he was, he was only 21 when, when he was drafted. And it got me to thinking, who's the youngest player to ever play in the NFL? So I had a wee look. And it turns out that in the 2007 NFL draft, the Houston Texans at number 19, the first round, when pick number 19, Drafted Amobi Okoye. No no relation to Christian Okoye. Um, the Nigerian nightmare. The, the Nigerian nightmare. I love Christian Okoye. But he was he was drafted by the Houston Texans. And he was the, the youngest. Uh, he was the, the only two teenagers have ever been drafted in NFL history. Um, and he was 19 and 11 months and 26 days old. The youngest, but drafted in the first round before your 20th birthday. I can't lie, Ian. I'm disappointed. I was really hoping it was going in the opposite direction and we were going to get a Brandon Whedon start. Because <laughs> he was like 28. Uh, he was old, wasn't he? Yeah, he was like 28 when he got drafted. Hang That's on. really, as soon as you started saying this, I was like, oh my God, we're getting a Brandon Whedon start. <laughs> Um, well, uh, do you know what? I, I now have to look up who's the oldest player ever How drafted old? in the NFL. It's Brandon Whedon! Hey! 22nd overall by the Bonus. Browns. And he was 28. Wow. How long was he in the league for? Brandon Whedon, he's probably still in the league, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Janikowski <laughs> or Morton Anderson kind of age. Well, actually, um... George Blanda, was it? Hang on now, let me think about this. George he was Blanda. was like 45, wasn't he? he? I think he might have been like 47 when he stopped playing. 
George Planner was like an old man when he stopped playing. I'm saying not an old man. 47 is not old. Just going to put that. Yeah, but, but George Blander's 45 is not the same as Tom Brady's 45. You know? No, I don't no. think he was looking like Tom Brady. No, George Blander looked 55, I think, when he was 45. He really did. Uh, but he, he was really older. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how old George Blander was, but I'm pretty sure he was at 47. He might have even been 48 when he when he retired. Uh, I think he played for like four decades uh, in the league. Um, but, but yes, so anyway. Um, it was a Amobi Okoye, 19 uh, years and 11 months, 26 days, when he was drafted in 2007 by the Houston Texans. And that's my random stat. A good stat. I like that one. I'm disappointed, but what can you say? I was just playing <laughs> for some Brandon Whedon. You love Brandon Whedon, don't you? Uh, no, but you know, I love how he was like thirty years old coming out of college. Like, hey kids, want to throw some ball? And then they were like, you can't even do it very well. So, okay, <laughs> no one will draft you. And then the Browns go home. I mean, oh, the Browns went through that. Oh yeah, we're back in the Browns again. They went through that awful stretch of quarterbacks, didn't they? Well, it seemed like they were drafting a quarterback every year for like ten years. That's what it felt like. I don't know if that's actually the case. There's like guys like Tim Couch and. Brady Johnny Quinn. Football. Johnny Manziel. Oh, Johnny Manziel. Oh. Johnny Football. Was, uh, who was the other guy? It wasn't Ty Detman, was it? Can't remember now. Can't remember. But they, they went through so many quarterbacks. And you're just thinking, this is ridiculous. <laughs> it was first round after first round after first round. And you're like, eventually, like, eventually, we'll get one eventually. And they did in Baker Mayfield. <laughs> and then they got rid of him. <laughs> in, in style. In yes. true brown style. So, um, Jake, why don't you hit us with your random stat, pal? I'm going to keep on the same track, then let's talk about the Browns. Uh, Josh Gordon is the only wide receiver in NFL history to have two consecutive regular season games with 200-plus receiving yards. But I picked this out because one that is spectacular. Very but there was a bonus caveat that Calvin Johnson did have two consecutive games. Just so happened one of them was in the wild card. So he did it in week 17 <laughs> against the Packers, I believe. And then the wild card of 2011, um, he did that against the Saints in a 45-28 to 28 loss. So I've brought up the Browns, brought up Josh Gordon, a wasted talent, brought in Calvin Johnson and finished it off by talking about the saints i mean that's a perfect short story that's that's a great random story. Oh, calvin johnson uh how, how many yards did he have in that game in which game because i think in oh, the... have you got stats for both of them do you no i just had josh gordon's the only wide receiver in nfl history to come two consecutive oh, right. regular games with 200 okay. plus receiving yards i don't have the the ins and outs the ins and outs of that one um, just just the base facts i do know that the the all-time record for uh yards receiving yards on a game uh, it's not your random stat today, is it, uh, Dave? No. Right. No, oh, no, Dave, no, Dave, we're no. good. Just no, in case, just in case. Uh, well, Willie Flipper Anderson, 336 yards. Yeah, I think it was actually against the Saints in 1989. Well, that's way to just ruin. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just 336 yards receiving in one game. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of running. Really, yes. So yeah, just, I just thought I would just chuck that in there because you were talking about uh, players with 200 yards receiving. Um, to, I, I can't believe Josh Gordon's the only man to do that in a regular season. 
of all the incredible wide receivers who've ever played the game. Mm-hmm. And all I the remember, players... I was, just, I was just going to say, remember when, when players, you know, are uh, sort of highlighted as the incredible, they, you know, they, they get marked a lot more tighter. Players become a lot more smarter. So that's probably the reason that it's not happened since. Do you know what it could be? You think players like Jerry Rice had a season of 1,800 yards and uh, Julio Jones has done it. And uh, I think Antonio Brown did it as well. You know, over 1,800 yards in a season. You think, surely I I mean, because they're not getting 100 yards every game, you know, or 100 and, you know, whatever it is, 20 yards every single game. There's got to be a, a couple of games where they have a down one and then have a couple of monster games. So I'm really surprised by that, Josh Gordon. That's a great stat. Well, it's only, yeah. Calvin, Calvin Johnson leads the way with five all times tied with Lance Allworth. So Lance to do it two consecutive, yeah, wow. so to, do, to do two consecutive is a... Uh, no mean feat. Can do either of you know Lance Allworth's nickname? Do you know uh, what his, do you know what his nickname was? It was Bambi. Because he was he was skinny. <laughs> and he was but he and he was like really he was an incredible wide receiver. Bambi. That's what they used to call him. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Great. I thought it was more gonna be like deer in a headlights kind of. <laughs> no, just, no, but, no, no, no. Yeah. It was it was Bambi. He was just uh, wow. he was so smooth in the way he ran and he was just he was great. Uh, it was uh, when when you mentioned uh, uh, when I said you know no relation to Christian Okoye, and you were like in the Nigerian nightmare, and I was like, God damn it, those were some really good nicknames. Mm-hmm. Walter Payton with sweetness and um, Lance Allworth, Bambi, and um, who was uh, Gail Sayers, the Kansas Comet? That's yeah. brilliant. But these days, nicknames these days are rubbish. Tom just, Brady. Like, Tom, well, Tom Brady is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's, it's like they just shorten the name. You're like A Rod, mm-hmm. and like the D Jax, and like that's not a good one. Uh, Johnny Football that was a great one. Johnny Football was a good one. Yeah, and I like you know uh, Pete Manning, the Sheriff. That's that's quite a good one. Red Rifle, Matty Ice. I like Matty Ice. The Red Rifle. Yeah, that's a good one, actually. But they're still not as good as they used to be. Yeah, um, the bus. Jerome Bettis, the bus. The yes. fridge. The, the fridge. fridge. <laughs> Carl, <laughs> Carl Mecklenburg. Kitchen appliances. <laughs> Carl Mecklenburg, who was a, a, a linebacker for the Broncos, was known as the Albino Rhino. I just love that. That's I don't think that would pass these days. No. <laughs> but you had, like, Dick Knight Train Lane. And Ed Too Tall Jones. That like Hollywood um what was the guy? Hollywood Henderson for the Cowboys. Back in the day. Great nicknames. But I, I think the Nigerian Nightmare is still my favourite. So anyway, that was but yeah, that was a really good stat there, Jake. And then we hijacked it. I hijacked it, sorry about that. To apologize. Still a great stat. Uh Dave, uh what's what's your random stat, mate? Well, first of all, I'd just like to point out to our listeners that before we do our random stats. We do not tell each other what our random Uh-oh. stats are, okay? So my stat kind of links in to both of yours in different ways. Interesting. Okay? So my, uh, I, w- I was thinking from last week's show, uh, we, were, we were talking about, um, you know, Barry Sanders and yes. uh, Calvin Johnson and Megatron, uh, about, you know, how, how they, they retired quite early uh-huh. uh, in, in respect of their careers. Now, I was having a look at other notable players from back in the day that had retired early. So I want to take you back 
1970. And just to link up with uh, your random stat, Neosa, the 19th pick in the draft was one Steve Owens. Now, the reason that I picked up Steve Owens is because he only spent five seasons in the NFL. And the, the, the reason that I really wanted to kind of focus on him was that he was a Heisman Trophy winner in 1969, but he was the, 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 he was the last person that wasn't officially a quarterback, a wide receiver, or a running back to win the Heisman Trophy. And that's because he was a fullback. So technically, he kind of was a running back, but he was a fullback by trade. Mm-hmm. Now, what he did, he he was. Um, I'll it'll come it'll come uh, uh, in mo- in a moment of why this is kind of linked up. But um, he was actually he, d- he didn't have the best career stats. So uh, two thousand four hundred fifty one rushing yards, averaging three point nine yards per carry, and he got twenty rushing touchdowns. Um, and he got, he obviously he won the Heisman Trophy in nineteen sixty nine. He also went to the Pro Bowl in nineteen seventy one. However, injury was one of the reasons that he didn't uh, have a, have a m- much more longer career. Uh, and it was in th- on, on Thanksgiving Day 1974, he went down damaging his knee ligament, which so often is the case with players. Uh, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. in the Super Bowl uh, being one of the most recent ones. Um, but the reason that I picked him up is because he was drafted 19th overall by the Detroit Lions. Now, if that team does not have a history of shortening players' careers <laughs> or, or completely <laughs> destroying their hopes that there is any success in the league, but you're looking at Megatron, Barry Sanders, and then going even further back to Steve Owens. In nine, he was a Heisman Trophy winner in 1969, and he only he lasted less than five full seasons before injury, and he just thought, nah, no. Nah. That I mean, even even fifty years ago, you can see that the, the the writing was on the wall already. But the Detroit Lions have a history of this, and it even goes back as far as nineteen seventy when they drafted him. And it, well, it was nineteen seventy four that he picked up the injury. But I think by that point, he, he was already slightly scunnered um, about it. But uh, yeah, Heisman Trophy winner nineteen sixty nine, the last non running back wide receiver quarterback who was a fullback was Steve Owens. He was from Oklahoma. And, you know, you're not you're never going to see a fullback winning the Heisman ever again, as far as I as far as I can see. The fullback position is so different now and nowhere near as vital as it was uh, back in the 70s. So uh yeah, big shout out to the Lions for ruining careers. Um big shout out to uh, Steve Owens as well. 1969 Heisman trophy winner. Wow. It's more fun fact than a stat, well, but yeah, I think it, it's a carry on from uh, last week. So um, yeah, I was uh, quite quite happy to pick that one up, and um, yeah, I think he's he's done a lot more after um, he's uh, left football. He's he's gone back to Oklahoma um, uh, as well. He's he's seventy four years of age now, but uh, he did go back to the Oklahoma backroom um, when when you know when, when it was obviously much later in life, but. Um, yeah, big shout out to him, but obviously think that we, we can pretty much cement the Lions ruined careers. <laughs> I hope you and McPhail's not listening to this episode. 
I hope he is. Oh, Matt Stafford, thank you so much for letting us have Matt Stafford saving his career. I think it just, you know, giving him some success at the end. But uh, yeah, the, the, there's your stat for Steve Owens. Steve I think Owens. we did you in a big favor by putting Dave at the end so he could hear Neil's stat, he could hear my stat, and then he probably ended the episode. Just he's turn, probably just never off. To this. <laughs> yeah, so he's probably okay. Oh my goodness. That's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> oh wow! So there you are, gentlemen. That's uh, a bit of a, a bit of a shorter a shorter episode uh, this week, really. Uh, now I'm twenty minutes in, so that's uh, a little bit better. But uh, I mean, unless, I mean, do you would you like to hear me story? I can tell Go you on. a story if you like. You like that? Okay. So, um, just following on from what what we were talking about earlier, I'd said that the. Uh, I'm talking about Christian Okoye, the Nigerian nightmare. Now, Christian Okoye is a, a, a great story, actually, because he's called the Nigerian nightmare uh, because he's from Nigeria. So, you know, just in case you didn't know that. But he didn't actually come to the States until he was 21. And he didn't play any American football until he was 23 at um, the uh, Azusa Pacific University. Now, he was an absolute star, athletic star in university, track and field. Uh, he won seven college titles, including the short put, the discus and the hammer throw. Um, he was just an, an insane athlete. Actually, I looked up his size. Um, he was six foot one, 260 pounds. That's the same weight as Leonard Fournette. I don't know how big Leonard Fournette is. But Christian Okoye wore these shoulder pads, right? And they were... They, they were bigger than linebackers were wearing. He had these huge, huge shoulder pads. He was, a, he was a monster of a man. And he was drafted in the first round by the Kansas City Chiefs in uh, 1989. And in his rookie, uh, sorry, not in 1989, I beg your pardon, in 1987, uh, drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and in his rookie year, he rushed for 660 yards. He got an injury and the following year he was injured again. He finished the season with 470 yards. Uh, but in 1989, he had a, a breakout year. He led the league in rushing attempts and yards. He was the league's leading rusher, 1,480 yards. He became the first Chiefs player ever to lead the league in, in rushing. But he, he then got injured a couple of times. Now, he did make first-team All-Pro in 1989. He was second team all pro in 91. He was two time pro bowler as he led the league in rushing in 1989. He's a member of the Chiefs Hall of Fame and he was just unstoppable. But he did get injured quite a lot. Now, as you mentioned, Dave, injuries they blow your knees out. And even back in the 80s, medical procedures when they're not as streamlined as they are today. Or someone can tear an MCL or an ACL and then be back six months later. And it mm -hmm. wasn't like that. He uh, retired as the all-time rushing leader of the Chiefs. And he played six seasons. And his 40 career rushing touchdowns trail only Priest Holmes and Marcus Allen in, in uh, Chiefs history for, for rushing touchdowns. He holds records for carries in a game and rushing attempts in a season. Uh, sorry, he held them until Larry Johnson came along. Now, you, you think about a lot of the running backs the Chiefs have had over the years. There were guys like Barry Ward, Marcus Allen, Priest Holmes, Larry Johnson. But Christian Okoye was the most terrifying running back 
And the reason I, I sort of went back to him again is because he's also the highlight of one of the greatest clips in the history of the NFL. When in 1990, the Kansas City Chiefs were playing the Denver Broncos in Mile High Stadium. And Christian Okoye was running over everyone. I mean, he would hit a lineman, go through him, hit a linebacker, go through him, have three defensive backs hanging off him, and he's dragging them for five or ten yards. He was just an incredible running back. But on this day, third and one against the Denver Broncos on Monday Night Football, the gap opens up, the, the offensive line parts like the Red Sea, and Christian Okoye is steaming through at a full blast. And in the other direction comes Steve Atwater, the safety, and he just blew Christian Okoye up, laid him flat on his back. First time Christian Okoye had ever hit a defensive back and then ended up going backwards. It was, you could hear the crunch. You know, sometimes when you hear a hit on the television uh, from, from, the, from an NFL game, and when you, uh -huh. you hear it and you're like, that, that sounded painful. That's what this was. Steve Atwater just blew up Christian Okoye. It was one of the best hits of all time. You can you can YouTube it. It's it's what a moment. Just gets my blood going just thinking about it. But Christian Okoye, after that, I, I swear, like after that hit, he was never the same again. That's what it felt like. Because people weren't scared of him anymore. They were terrified of, of uh, Christian Okoye. That's why he had the name of Nigerian Nightmare. Um, he was just, he was something else. He retired just a, a couple of years later. He retired uh, in 1993. He even put on into reserve before the season because of his knees. He had surgery. Um, and then he was released from, from surgery and he was re rehabbing at home. And then he was working out and then he decided that he didn't like practicing. He retired. He was like, I can't be bothered with this anymore. But he was uh, just an absolutely smashing player the nigerian nightmare christian okoye love it the other good clip bosh on youtube is him absolutely running over brian bosworth that was uh one of the first times bosworth who was all hype just got laid out so that he he, he gave as good as he got that's for sure yeah brian bosworth who funny story actually so brian bosworth was a a, a walking hype machine and he, he was a linebacker for the Seattle Seahawks, and he thought he was it. He thought he was just the best thing since sliced bread. And you're right, Okoye just obliterated him, as did Bo Jackson once. Bo, Bo just ran him clean over. But the Seahawks were going to stadiums, uh, like away a games and that, and people were selling We Hate the Boz t-shirts, because that's what he called himself, The Boz, uh, B-O-Z. And uh, they they were selling these teeth like we hate the boss, the boss sucks and all that. But it was actually Brian Bosworth's own company who were printing the t-shirts. <laughs> and they sold <laughs> tens of thousands of them. So all these opposing fans were like, yeah, we hate the boss, buying the t-shirts away, we hate the boss. And he's going, yeah, you're making me money. <laughs> it was, I think he went on to do a bit of acting. Do you know that? He did. He was in a film called... I want to say Stone Cold. Brian Bosworth did some acting after he after he um, after people realized he wasn't very good at American football, um, and he was in a film called Stone Cold. I think it was like a, a fairly low budget action film. I have no idea if it was any good. I've never seen it, but uh, Brian Bosworth, yeah, 
uh, Seahawks, back when they played in the, what was their stadium called? The Kingdom. Back when they played in a dome in their days in the AFC West. They played, he played quite uh, twice a year and just got absolutely murdered. Uh, so yes, yes, Brian Bosworth, there you go. Breaking news. Oh, go for it. From, from, from Adam Schefter, 49ers officially have given Jimmy Grappolo's agents permission to seek a, uh, seek a trade. Um, so it's been cleared to start practicing per team source. 49ers still are expected to exercise caution with him this summer, but he has been officially allowed to seek a trade. I mean, I don't know who's looking for a quarterback right now. Uh, but uh, The Falcons? The Falcons, maybe the Browns, considering. <laughs> the Browns? Yeah, I mean. The Steelers. No. Steelers yes, have the Steelers. a quarterback. Yeah, but Kenny Pickett might not quite be ready yet. They have another quarterback <sighs> who's just the, the best. Just a couple of things to point out before we wrap up. The, the Giants are going to be wearing their classic blue uniforms in two games this year. They haven't said which ones. And then I was thinking, what's their classic blue uniforms? Do they not always wear blue? But I wonder if it's... Yeah. The, was it a darker blue they had? Must have been. Oh. <laughs> this is news. Giants to wear classic blue uniforms. I was like, I thought, I thought they always did. Unless they changed it and I didn't notice. Maybe I'm colorblind and I can't tell the difference. Um, so yeah, but there you go. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo, eh? Going to be traded. Wow. But they've, oh. they've been saying that from day one, haven't they? Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing Trey Lance has finally shown something. <laughs> or, you know, you just... Uh, I mean, if, if if you were thinking what teams maybe could trade for a quarterback, for, for me right now, the 49ers are that team. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, you can't trade for their whole quarterback. So I don't, I don't, I don't really can. know who else. Oh, unless my the, goodness. Unless the Seahawks really want to kick things up with that uh, kind of... Pete Carroll has come out and said that. Uh, Gino looks fantastic, and he th- he said he also said that if Drew Locks in this year's draft he'd have been the first quarterback drafted. Well, yeah, you're saying that I I would have probably been the third quarterback <laughs> drafted to be fair. <laughs> I don't know what goes on in Pete Carroll's mind. I don't think anyone does. Pete Carroll doesn't know what goes on up there. Yeah, so. I, I don't know I, what he's where he's coming from. That's old age for you. I don't. Know. <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> could be. Um, I, I you know. I, I like Geno Smith, uh, but I, I don't think he's the the, the way forward for them. Um, I certainly, I, I, I tried to like Drew Locke, but I gave up on him after last year. I was like, I've given up on you. You've had three chances now and you've just squandered every single one of them. So I can't, maybe maybe someone like Drew Locke just needs one of those, uh, what do they call them, the quarterback whisperers. Maybe that's what he needs. Someone who's really good with quarterbacks. Has, has anyone got Adam Gase's number? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, Adam Gase. I said someone to make him a good quarterback. Not someone to... I mean, Adam Gase made Peyton Manning. That's yeah, the only reason he keeps uh, getting jobs, right? Yeah, that's true. He made that 2013 offense, record-breaking offense. That was Adam Gase. How do you think Peyton Manning feels every time someone brings that up to him? Like you, I hope he's you getting royalties recomm- from, from uh, Adam Gase. Yeah, like you recommended Adam Gase. And Peyton's like, well, I thought he was doing really well because he agreed with everything I said. <laughs> yeah, that's all he did. He didn't have any ideas of his own. He probably was just like, uh, we should run this, Peyton. Peyton's going, well, I think we should run this. I uh, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Adam Gase did a great job because he just left me alone. That was, that was Peyton Manning's <laughs> ideal. <laughs> that was it. 
not not a uh, great uh, compliment for a head coach maybe you know, what, what's your greatest aspect i just let the players do what they want yeah uh, <laughs> i did see sean Payton saying he's looking to get back into coaching oh that guy's steady on yeah there. i guarantee he waits until 2024 when we don't have the rights anymore He'll yeah somehow did you not say he's probably going to end up going to the cowboys or someone like that that's he'll, what, be, that's what you he'll reckon. be the cowboys if the cowboys down. suck they might end up paying us if not mike mccarthy might just be waiting until sean payton doesn't have his rights with the saints so they don't have to pay him did did you see um oh my goodness did you see the players reacting on twitter about their madden ratings yeah i mean alvin kamara is the seventh best running back apparently so this, who's who's this oh, hang on as right someone get the list up someone get the okay. list of the the madden running backs yes yeah, i i had I'm, it earlier okay well you yeah. get that and i'm going to tell you who i think they've put ahead of alvin kamara okay uh yeah. just see oh you got yeah. okay right i think the the first place derrick henry correct uh i think they you're gonna have derrick henry's John, not top is he yeah eight, 97 um, Pretty sure Nick Chubb's 98. Nick Chubb? Uh, oh. uh, Nick Chubb, 96, is what I can see. Whoa, whoa, what's okay. going on here? We are seeing different, going on different, here? Seeing different things here. Oh, maybe different lists. All right, let's keep going, keep going in. Okay, so anyway, I'm, 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 I'm seeing, I'm seeing Daddy Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, you've said Nick Chubb now, so I know Nick Chubb's there. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. 95 on my list, as, as number four. Okay. I'm trying to think who else I would have over Alvin Kamara. We already spoke about one to, uh, earlier. It wasn't Christian Okoye, was it? No. <laughs> no, definitely sure not. he's out of the league. Uh, it was a Christian Just McCaffrey. It was a McCaffrey. He's third. Yeah. That's not very good to old Alvin, considering he's missed a season and a half in two years. Um, he's six ratings higher in, in overall rating than, than Alvin Kamara. Christian McCaffrey, apparently. Right, okay. Uh, uh, do you know, I'm, I'm out. I can't name six. Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon, apparently, are better. Do you know, I, I, I could... I, uh, I can, can sort of arg- understand Dalvin Cook. Yeah, but Joe Mixon. No, I'm sorry. Sorry, Joe. Joe Mixon's three ratings higher than Alva Kamara. Sorry, Joe. Uh, I know you're probably listening, but um, no offence to you, but I'd, I'd take Alvin Kamara. I would. I would. Alvin Kamara's a better player. He's he's a better weapon. Alvin Kamara could miss six games. He'll probably still end up with more yards than Joe Mixon. He probably would. And you know, as we said already, he should have had seven t- touchdowns in one game last year. So yeah, you know, and and easily he would he would have had seven. It's all like oh he might have done if this had happened that had happened that had happened. No, he he would have had seven if they just given him the ball. I can't believe that. But I did I did see uh, players like reacting to that and then, then like bitching about it like it's a it's a game who cares well Tyron Matthews the, the best safety overall so I can live with it oh, no he's not Justin Simmons is I think we all know he's that. number six Justin I know there's no way Justin Simmons <laughs> is the sixth best safety you just is... the, the players were bitching about it and look at you I no wonder because like I mean come on that's criminal Justin Simmons Micah is the Hyde, best safety Kevin Beard Buda Baker Derwin James Oh, I'm sorry. Listen, Derwin James, I, I I can understand people say Derwin James is the best because he's phenomenal and there's like a flip-flop there. But obviously, because I'm slightly biased, I put Simmons ahead of Derwin James. But I, I'm sixth. I'll get out of here with that. Six. No, 
No! God damn it! Ah, oh, right, hang on. you got to tell me. Does anyone have a list of the wide receivers? I don't know if they've been put out yet. All right. Uh, has anyone got a list of the quarterbacks? Don't know if they've been put out yet. All right. So it's just the running backs. and, and I'm seeing kickers. Yeah. Kickers. Uh, <laughs> go, okay. go figure who's number one. <laughs> Robbie Gould. <laughs> hey, young Hoku. Young Hoku. Uh, Justin Tucker's number one. If you can all agree. isn't even on the list. What's Will that? isn't even on the list. This is a joke. They've got Robbie Gould at number eight, but no Will Lutz. Oh, I was joking about Robbie Gould, by the way. I didn't he's think number he'd eight. Be top ten. Oh, for God's yeah. sakes. What's going on here? It, they've got a, a potentially leaked wide receivers list that I've found. All right. Um, so okay, here we go. Here we go. A potential right, leak. Right, wide receivers. You, you get, you, you get, give me a guess for your top five. Top five wide receivers. Well, Cooper Cup's going to be there. We all, know, we all know Devontae Adams. Adams. Devontae Adams first. Devontae Adams first. Cooper Cup second. I'm going to see Tyreek Hill. Yes. Yeah. Third. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to see they've got um, DeAndre Hopkins still on there. Fourth. Yeah. Stefan um, Diggs. Fifth. Right. This is going really well. A uh, Jamar Chase. Uh-uh. Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. Sixth. Yeah. Sixth. Scary Terry. Eighth. Yeah. Debo. Debo, no, no Debo. That's an interesting one. Okay, um, trying to think of other wide receivers from around the league. I mean, no, don't, if you say CD Lamb, I'll, I'll die. No, That's no, okay. nah. they won't it's, respect Michael Thomas. <laughs> so there's no point. Mike Michael Thomas is like basically tenth equal. Uh, hmm. Right. Who else would be on that list? Oh, I, I don't. Well, Coming in at seventh is Mike Evans. Mike, okay. oh, okay, right. Unless uh, he plays uh, Marshall Lattimore, then he's about 75th. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it, it, it'll be the wrong kind of pocket in terms of football that he'll be in there, Mike Evans. But um, Keenan Allen coming in at ninth. Oh, unless um, he plays Pat Sortan, in which case oh, he's 110th. Yeah. And then fi- finally rounding up the list on the top 10 is Amari Cooper. Oh, no. <laughs> No. Yeah, that's no. just ridiculous. And um, he has the same rating as Michael Thomas. Where's Tyler Lockett? Pass. Not not even there. Wow. I, I Tell would me take... Amari Cooper is better than Tyler no, Lockett. No, I would take Tyler yeah. Lockett over. I mean, you were talking, I would probably take DK over Amari Cooper. And I think I, Lockett's better than DK. I'd take DK over a lot on that list, to be honest. It's just that's, I don't know who makes these lists. It's like, you know, every year they have the, the, the 100 best players in the NFL, as voted for by other players. And the, you'd look at some of them and go, how did you do that? But even they're better than the so-called experts lists. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Colin Cowherd is going to put out his list. <laughs> if he's not already done it, it's going to be garbage. He's going to say that um, Sam Darnold will win MVP. He's going to say, uh, honestly, he's just his, his lists are appalling. That is atrocious. I, do you remember the year? Was it was it two years ago when he said Drew Locke would win MVP? <laughs> what? Drew Locke? Oh, dear. He's worse than Skip Bayless. No, he's not. He's not worse than Skip Bayless. Sorry oh, that's, that's let's not get ahead of us. Yeah. I know, I know. Do you know as, soon, as soon as I was saying those back. words, I was like, no, not, not a chance. But uh, yeah, the, the only other one of note is that tied for 13th equal is Debo Samuel. So... I wonder what kind of contract you get for being tied 13th on Madden. Who's he tied with? A lot of players. Quite a few. Um, I, but I think there's um, four tied for 10th. 
So, um, yeah, Adebo not not coming out on Madden very well. No. Well, I think I saw somebody say, according to his trainer, he has a lot of leaks, does old Debo, his trainer, his brother. (laughs) According to his trainer, he's about to get paid. So it would make sense if Jimmy G's about to get traded. That frees up a lot of money for for old Debo to get paid. I I think... You know, everyone's doing these these, um, lists. Before the season, you know, the top quarterbacks and running backs and wide receivers and stuff like that. Um, we, we should do that ourselves uh, and, and pick like our top 10 quarterbacks and then running backs, wide receivers and all that uh, because I guarantee that mine will be completely different to a lot of people's mm. uh, because every time I see top top quarterbacks, they've always got Tom Brady in the top five and he's just not. He's just not. It's, it's stupid. You're, you're going on a legacy. There's no need for that. There's no way. Tom Brady doesn't touch the top five in quarterback. He's not even top 10 for me. He doesn't touch no, the top. I, I'd agree. Yeah, I'd agree with that. You know, I mean, there's no way that you take Tom Brady over, uh, you know, so you've got Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen. Uh, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Um, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. I'm taking Lamar Jackson. Uh, I mean, you look at all these guys. I'm taking Matt Stafford. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, yeah. I am. I'm taking him over Tom Brady. Absolutely. Andy Dalton. <laughs> Andy Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, I'd take Mac Jones over Tom Brady right now. I, I would. Yep. Yep. Uh, 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 yep, definitely. Definitely. Brady's, I don't know why they keep doing that. Oh, Brady's the third best. But no, he's not. He's, he's just not. Stop saying things like that. It just makes me, it makes my eyes itch. It's like I'm allergic to it or something like that. People talk about Tom Brady like he's a good quarterback, but he's garbage. Anyway, that's, <laughs> that's uh, did you notice well, how I, did you notice how I, ca- I calmed it. down again there? I didn't, after the, after the fiasco, that was the Justin Simmons ranking in, in Madden. I've calmed down again. So uh, that's the end of our, of our episode of the WinFL show. Gentlemen, in case in case you've not been paying attention to our own Twitter feed, which I'm sure you have, um, we surpassed 500 all-time listeners on Spotify. That's pretty Amazing. good. Yeah. That's not bad for an uppercomer. Pretty, not bad at all. We only started in February. That's really good. So at the worst time to start an NFL podcast. Absolutely. Or, or the best, depending on how you look at it, because or it's the, the off season. People have got nothing to talk about. You know, they, they're dying for content. Um, and, you know, good morning football is just not the same as it used to be. It's just not. Nate's gone. Kay Adams is gone. It's just not as good as it used to be. I'm sorry, guys. But it, it, it'll get better with the new formula. And, and I'll get more used to it and I'll enjoy it more. But right now, I'm not really enjoying Good Morning Football as much as I used to. Um, but fans are, are looking for content and we've got the content for you. It's not always good content. It's very rarely correct. But we've got it. It's here. It's passionate. It's definitely passionate. We love our NFL. There was definitely a full stop chewing there a lot earlier than when it came in that, in that little <laughs> sentence. Um, uh, Jake, are you going to any of the games down in London? Are you going to the Saints game? I'm, I attempt to go to the Saints game. Yeah, when tickets get released, I will. Have they not released those ones yet? No, Wembley's different to, to the Tottenham games. But I thought the Broncos game was at Wembley. Is it yes, not? it is. 
What is you're well, Wembley? I am Tottenham. That's why the tickets come off. Oh, so, sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought That's the other way about. I, I, I beg your pardon. Beg your pardon. Right. Oh well. Um, yeah, I'm going to go and see see the Broncos play the Jaguars. Looking forward to that. Uh, if, if any of your party drop out, just you know, I can repurpose your ticket. I'm I'm sure that will not be an issue at all. Put, put me high on that list if that does happen. <laughs> I'm sure that won't be an issue at all. We get get someone to to fill that spot if if it becomes vacant at all. Uh, yeah, there's uh, what are there's five of us going down. Uh, going to enjoy the Broncos game. I say enjoy it. I'll enjoy it if they win. If they lose to the Jaguars, I am not going to enjoy it at all. It's going to be rotten. Uh, but I love London. London's an amazing city. So I can't really can't wait to go down there uh, and see that. And I hope you manage to get tickets, Jake, for for that game. Dave, are you planning on trying to attend any games this year? wait and see uh, I mean you know obviously wait for the tickets to get released mm-hmm. so uh, just see see what happens closer to the time I think but uh, yeah I'm sure if if I do get to see uh, Saints I'll probably be ob- obligated to you know cheer on Jameis Winston through gritted teeth <laughs> so um, yeah it'll be it'll be all good but um, yeah I think it's just I'll, I'll wait and see at this moment obviously the, the demand is huge for the game so that, yes. that's a, it's a it's a really good kind of look for the future of the game in our country as well it is indeed and uh, the NFL is just getting bigger and bigger every year in the UK and I for one I'm glad that we can actually feel like a part of it uh, growing the game here in the UK I'm, I'm so excited thank you to everyone who listens to our podcast uh, may God have mercy on your souls <laughs> and, uh, and is <laughs> yes indeed uh, so thank you uh, Dave thank you Jake really appreciate it again guys good to talk to you uh, we'll catch you of course uh, next week when we do the NFC East deep dive so uh, NFC West. East oh West. goodness how NFC. dare well I thought I'd just done. skip the West and go back to the East again I've, I've sat through uh, look, how, how many divisions I've been waiting for the best till last and then you try to just skip over the best well. was weeks ago when we did the AFC West we've done that one already <clears throat> sorry Dave the NFC uh-huh. West so uh, thank you again gentlemen for uh, coming along well ha- happy to be here I'll begrudgingly be here next week I guess uh, I think you'll have to be and, <laughs> and thank you to all for listening we will catch you on next week's Winner Fell Show.